Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. God gave me a Ferrari because I am a Ferrari. You're a Ferrari too. When God made you, he had all the options put on. You are fully loaded and totally equipped. So do this with me. Where did we ever come up with the style of preaching we have today? There is some entertaining preaching, but not convicting preaching, and the legacy has been tragic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You are not merely witnessing a tragedy. You're living one. This is Wretched Radio. You say, I don't recall buying a ticket to the tragic show. Well, you're in the theater. Why? Because you live on this planet at this time, and we are witnessing a downright tragedy as a civilization. Almost whole cloth is deciding, you know, all of those things that brought us to this luxurious party that we all love to attend. Let's just get rid of those things. Let's just ditch those. Let's create a new set of morality where we are all acting as autonomous individuals, enjoying ourselves the way that we want to. And then we will be finally free and oh, so happy. The Tragedy of Our Commons, written by Alex Kashuda. It was actually a speech that he delivered, but it's been reprinted in the American mind. He uses the word commons. I, the word that you're probably more familiar with that would probably be a synonym is culture. That every country has to have a culture. Otherwise, you can't endure. You say, well, no, we can be multi No, you can't. Just shrink that. Bring it into your home. Mom has one set of rules. Dad has another. Oh, the kids have a third. Each of the kids have their own rules. Yes, each of the kids. The dog, he defines his own truth. How's that going to work out? It's going to be a total disaster because there needs to be some glue and culture that removes all of that glue is going to fall apart. And that is exactly what we're seeing. The tragedy of our commons. We need to understand, writes Kashuda, that the left is the worship of pure autonomy. We've been calling it the autonomous self. I live for me. It's all about I live my best life now for myself, and I don't care about anybody else. Every allegiance you have to kin and kind, every institution, every tradition, every category you use to make sense of the world is an insult to pure autonomy. That's what's going on in our world. Because we have been bred to believe that we should, like Freud would encourage, that that inner self, that's what's the real me, man. I got a, how many movies have been made like this? I was going to say how many Hallmark movies, but that would be way too deep for a Hallmark movie. How many movies have you seen this where the, the young person living on the farm with their Christian parents, probably, because they're farmers and that's a prerequisite. And they, they just long to just live their authentic self. And off they go to the big city so that they can be really happy. And that is what the world believes. So when you come along and say, no, 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 
not merely self. You are individually responsible, but you're responsible to God first and foremost. But you are also responsible to those who surround you, those who are on the planet. Now, it goes out in concentric circles. You're more responsible to your immediate family and out go the circles until you get to, say, South Korea, where right now we should be feeling some sadness for that nation. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it 150 people that died at some sort of Halloween shindig? Okay, I care for those people. Now, as we remember that we have a responsibility in concentric circles, it 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 encroaches on the concept of the autonomous self. What do you mean? If I do something, my parents will be ashamed and that's a bad thing? What do you mean? If I get an F in school, the whole town is going to know it's none of their business. How many times have we heard that? You know, these small towns, they're like fishbowls. Everybody knows your business. Yep. And the autonomous self bucks against that. It's none of your business. How I live my life. That is what we're seeing in our society. Your pleas for freedom sound incoherent to the left. What you what you want the freedom to be unfree? This is what the liberal would say. Do you want the freedom to bind yourself to oppressive, archaic institutions? Do you want to chain yourself to limited concepts of gender and sexual expression? Break the shackles and live. And you and I come along and say, no, you've got yourself some responsibilities because you don't live alone. You live on the planet and you have responsibility that involves sharing space. This is what school used to be for, to tame and curb some of those unruly behaviors to help them operate as a part of a class and learn the values of a society. These days, it's all indoctrination so that you can live your own truth. And we see that, of course, in the whole gender business. There must be a clear picture of what improvement would look like outside the framing of the left. So how do we do that? Well, I would suggest to you that we remember that living responsibly among others is a good thing. Now, the flesh is going to say, oh, no, it's not. But just take a look at what is going on in our world and ask, is this really better? For instance, from common sense, the boy's feminism left behind. You don't end, they say, a 12,000-year-old social order, I say six, seven, without experiencing cultural side effects. What are those side effects? that boys are being left behind. And I don't mean that in a LaHaye and Jenkins kind of way. They're being left behind culturally, educationally, occupationally, because there has been a great deal of focus on females. And you change it from what we will use in the best sense of the word, a patriarchal society. And I don't mean heavy handedness, that's sinfulness, but where basically men were the ones responsible for protection, for safety, for provision. Well, now that's all been changed. This is from Common Sense. Women are no longer dependent on men for material resources. By tearing down barriers to education, 
and the labor market, feminism has achieved a central goal of securing for women economic independence and power. And so we see from 1970 when these redefinings, and some of it was good, much of it was wildly extreme. Since 1970, on American campuses, males dominated. In 1970, in undergraduate enrollment, they were 58% to 42% female. Men got more than 85% of PhDs. In law schools, about 90% of students were men. Now you say, wait a second, are you saying that that's what you want? That isn't the point. The point is when you change a dynamic of a common, of a culture, then you are going to have effects. And these are the effects. Undergraduate enrollment is flipped. PhDs, it is flipped. Whole professions, psychology, veterinary medicine, overwhelmingly female. 40% of American women now earn more than the average man. That's, that's an upheaval. That's a change. And it, it has come because we have decided no, everybody has to be free to live their idealized self. And that is the self that is in me. We used to call that our totally depraved nature. But today it is celebrated. Most American men earn less today than most women than most men did in 1979. For in, here's another change in our commons. What we do for a living, it, is, it, it isn't just because women entered the workplace, but we've eliminated what you would call male jobs, factory worker, steel worker, coal miner, because we've got automation. We don't need men for that. And that's, that's a change in the common. Now ask yourself the question. Is that a good change? This is this is something that we can be saying to the folks on the left. Let's just take a look already at the effects that your rewriting of the common or the tearing down of the common culture has had. Almost one in four schoolboys are diagnosed as having a developmental disability. One in five fathers is not living with his children. Men are at three times greater risk than women from the epidemic of deaths of despair from suicide alcohol, drugs. All these disconnected fathers mean that one in four children under 18 are being raised by a single adult, 82% of whom are mothers. How do we perhaps, maybe possibly, help the left understand to a degree what they are doing, that every country has a culture, a common and when you start to tamper with it, tinker around with the way that we do stuff, you can expect there to be consequences. And it does look like the consequences are in because secular humanism currently reigns. And what is the suicide rate, depression rate, the anxiety rate, the loneliness level? It is off the chart. Why? Because we don't have a rudder. This is Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched affordable biblical health 
sharing Christians, paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. 2022 has brought incredible growth to Wretched and Gospel Partners Media. We've seen the launch of Transform, their new biblical counseling show. We've also launched Breaking Bread, a new interview resource featuring Todd speaking with people like Phil Johnson, Daryl Harrison, Tim Challies, Justin Peters, Steve Lawson, and more in depth on a variety of topics facing the church today. And while we're ecstatic over these projects and others, nothing means more to us than you. Thanks so much for your ministry. Thank you. Praise God for you guys. Thank you for that. Wretched is encouraged just to share faith and and get out there and actually do something. That's why we do what we do and we have no plans of slowing down in 2023. And we invite you to join us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. Please remember Wretched as 2022 draws to a close and we begin a new year and new opportunity to share the amazing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word Wretched to the number 44321. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the uh, literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Clement of Alexandria was an apologist in the late 2nd century. He ran a school in Alexandria, Egypt, where he instructed new converts and trained Christian apologists. He taught that only Christianity, with its revelation from God in the Bible, has the answers regarding creation, good and evil, and salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Be careful what you ask for, my liberal friend. This is Wretched Radio Culture. It's a conversation that we haven't been having overtly. Instead, we have been subversively trying to tear down the culture that actually currently exists and has brought more prosperity, more blessing, more human flourishing than any other system ever. And yet these days, if you dare to suggest, you know, we really should have a culture and there are some values that are just plain 
better than others. Wow, look out, Rocky. You're going to pull a rabbit out of a hat that's a lion. You're going to get your hand bit off. Why? Because you can't say that one set of values is better. Oh, the fruit of postmodernism. You can't say that that nation isn't as good as your nation. Isn't that what we do? We can't even see a people group that is struggling for whatever historical reason and say, that's not good. We can help. No, that's colonialization. You can't be imposing your cultural norms on other people. And there's a reason that we are seeing our culture crumble. It is because we don't have the rudder that used to guide those norms. It's changing right in front of us where Christianity and its influence is abating and secular humanism is filling in the gaps. Frankly, they've been trying to shove Christianity out to take those places so that individuals can be their autonomous self, living the way that they want to live. And we should be willing to ask a question. How's that working out for you? How's that? This is, this is a part of what I think should be a Christian effort to take the high road rather than getting into some of the ridiculous squabbles that we tend to get in. Let's ask some bigger questions. All right. You would say that Christianity has had too much influence and now people are casting off Christianity. What are the effects of that? How's that going? One article from a website called Common Sense is saying the boys are getting crushed. This is, this is not to make a commentary on feminism. We've made plenty of those comments in the past. But it is to point out that because of feminism's success, boys are seeing more failures. They're not doing as well in school. By the way, I thought this was interesting. From the article, schools are increasingly structured in ways that frustrate boys. We expect young children to sit still and be quiet. That's that's hard for a lot of boys. We cut back on physical activity, push academics to ever earlier grades. We've eliminated much of the hands-on learning opportunities like shop that used to be standard. We, it's university. You got to go to university. You better go to a good. What school are your kids going to? What are your colors? Who's your team? That seems to be the standard. And if you go to a tech school, the Christian church should be screaming, you go, man. We need you. We need the function that you fulfill. We need people who can get dirty hands to make things run and operate efficiently. And we should not denigrate somebody because they have a trade. That used to be a big deal. You had a trade, typically the family trade, but you had a trade nonetheless. Well, not in these days. No, siree. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? And if it's university, we'll applaud you. If it's a good school, Ivy League would be preferred. Anything less? Hmm. And boys are getting hurt. Given the rate, boys are diagnosed with various behavioral disorders. It's fair to wonder if it's the educational institutions rather than the boys that are not functioning properly. Feminism has succeeded without destroying the idea that there are inherent female traits. The same courtesy should be extended to males. 
writes this author, and I don't know what their religious perspective is. Education is hard these days for boys, and the statistics bear it out. And maybe, just maybe, one of the things that we can be doing in a, in a church is encouraging those young men who are maybe starting to feel like an outcast because they aren't going to do the program that society has determined is the way to get ahead in life, that we start encouraging male professions, masculine roles, and saying, we respect you. Do you, have you, have you come have you come to that point yet by the way i wonder it's it's something that god has done to me cuz i'm telling you it doesn't come from me i can tell you when i was an unbeliever oh did i reek of the world you you fix air conditioners <laughs> god save me change my thinking not to mention experience when you lose your air conditioner who do you call and who are you really nice to when they show up at your door? The guy who went to tech school, the guy who learned a trade, the guy who had an apprenticeship. But alas, there are more effects of rewriting and redefining and tearing down our commons, a.k.a. culture. This is from the American mind. Here's one of the most critical and most mismanaged commons of all. Relationships. Consider the act of finding a husband. Doesn't drop out of the sky, doesn't get delivered by Amazon. It needs very specific conditions. There need to be enough people for a selection pool who can like each other enough to decide that spending a lifetime together would be acceptable. They have to speak one common language and share a core set of values. They need to believe in the institution of marriage. They maybe don't buy that having children will cause polar bears to spontaneously combust. And they need to be able to find one another. Historically, families have helped with that. Church has helped with that. Community has helped with that. But picking spouses, here's our redefining of the commons. Picking spouses from an internet database, according to spe specified parameters, sounds like an increase in efficiency. Sounds like progress, doesn't it? But it has effectively meant wiping out a whole substructure of behaviors and equilibria that each had a purpose and were organically aligned with human nature. In other words, families helping, church, society, having a say in somebody's life, it helped you to marry well and wisely. There's another fruit of the commons. Do we really think that this runaway divorce rate is a good thing? Do we really think people are happier when they get divorced? Do we really like it that more children are left alone because they are single parent homes? How is it working out for you, my liberal friend? In the current system, a lucky few will be very lucky and the great mass will get lost in commoditized heartbreak or the illusion that they are fundamentally ineligible. We hear that, don't we? I just, I tried, man, on my app to reach out to these girls and they just shut me down, shut me down, shut me down, won't respond, won't respond. And they just think they're total losers because we've changed the way we go about the business of dating or courting, whatever you prefer. This is a conversation 
that should be had. Now, it's going to be tough to have it with liberals because they're bent on self. And this, by the way, I'm not just thinking politics. This is the same thing could be applied to the church. Liberalism comes in and casts off all of the former norms that made it healthy. Gender issues, marriage, who's in the ministry, who gets to be pastor. All of those liberal ideologies are breaking the current commons, whether it is cultural or church. Equating freedom to the ever-expanding autonomy to investigate and pursue our authentic desires means enslavement to those capable of manipulating and creating those desires. People will say, you got to be free, free to be me. Isn't that a slogan? Probably a kid's book, probably several kids, but probably a series. It's a made for TV movie. Got to live like hmm, the way that I just feel inside of me. And guess what? These new norms that are being written, they don't actually make you free. They put you in bondage. What makes you free is recognizing that freedom is connected to others. You're not free to do any single thing that you want to, and you're certainly not free to do what God doesn't want you to do. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. But we know that those who believe in the Son obey the Son And those seem incompatible. Wait a second. Submitting to Jesus Christ makes me free? Yep, it does. Why? Because behaving the way that God has defined for you is better. It is better than complete libertarian freedom, living the autonomous self-life. Church, we would do so well to make sure that our kids are involved in church on more levels than just whipped cream night on Wednesday that we start teaching them to be a part of. They have a responsibility to their behavior in the community speaks about a group of other peoples. And we should be asking the liberal left, whether it's in church or culture, how's that working out for you? This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. The Scottish government recently passed a gender recognition reform bill, which makes it easier for a person to change their legal gender. It allows for a person to change their gender without a medical diagnosis of gender dysphoria. And in response to this, Ash Reagan, a Scottish National Party minister, resigned because she said the government has gone full woke. She also said, quote, I am not against reform per se. However, I cannot support any legislation that may have negative implications for the safety and dignity of women and girls, which is exactly what bills and laws like this are going to do. They are harmful to women. According to a news report, a judge in Hong Kong has sentenced a 59-year-old Protestant pastor to more than one year in prison for sedition, which makes him the first Christian clergy in the city to be convicted under the draconian national security law that mainland China imposed two years ago. So China's anti-free speech law has now made its way into previously independent Hong Kong. And we've also seen attempts of bringing that same type of reaction to speech to America. Just like in the case of a Vermont high school student who was suspended after she, quote, misgendered another student. You may remember the original story we reported back in September when a biological male student who identifies as a female entered the locker room as members of the girls' volleyball team weren't changing clothes. And one of the team members, a 14-year-old, said that she was suspended after she told a classmate that the trans student, quote, literally is a dude and does not belong in the girls' locker room. Not to be insensitive, but 
Where's the lie? A Texas-based Christian ministry recently delivered its largest donation of Bibles to North Macedonia, where many lack access to the Word of God in their language. The government of North Macedonia allowed Eastern European missions to donate over 225,000 children's Bibles to the region in July after hearing about the organization's previous work, including the delivery of 650,000 Bibles to public schools in Croatia last year. Well, that's good news and a praise that we can definitely amen. As we can, this next story as well. Two Christians imprisoned in Iran for their church leadership roles were released a few days after a fire broke out in the prison. One of the pastors had spent two months in solitary confinement and was released from the prison after receiving a pardon. And another Christian who had spent 38 days in solitary confinement for starting a house church was also released from the prison, and she was also pardoned, though by whose authority remains unclear. And both pardons were unexpected and had previously been denied, according to religious freedom advocates. And again, that's a story we can amen, though we don't have all of the details as to why they were released. As we tell you frequently here at Wretched, please make sure that you're continuing to pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important dates in Christian history. 590 AD. Gregory becomes Pope Gregory I, known as the Great. He made treaties with Germanic tribes, independent of the emperor, and declared the Bishop of Rome's primacy over the whole church, increasing the political and spiritual power of the papacy significantly. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Church News! Radio. Let's check in on church news, uh, shall we? From the New York Times, you say, what does that have to do with the church? Well, they were celebrating a pastor who counsels his, well, we've got to put the ethnicity in, his black congregants, that abortion is akin to the taking of innocent life. You say, so far, so good. But as a civil rights activist, This pastor urges them, get ready for this, to understand the social forces that prompt black women to have abortions at disproportionately high rates. Sounds like Stacey Abrams, doesn't it? (laughs) Didn't watch the debate. Was it two nights ago? I think Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp went after it again. Do you remember the Warnock-Walker debate? The Raphael Warnock, when he was talking about legalizing marijuana, he said, Well, it comes from the ground. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So does poison ivy, Senator. So do a lot of things that can kill you. It comes from nature. So does snake venom. I don't want to get bit. Thank you. What a lame excuse for legalizing marijuana. This pastor is taking on the the Stacey Abrams line of thinking that if we fix the economy, or if we make abortions more readily available, rather, the economy will get better. 
But to many African-Americans like this fellow who's a pastor at an AME church in St. Louis, abortion cannot be debated without considering the quality of urban schools or the disproportionately high unemployment rate in black communities or the significant racial disparities in health care. I don't have any problem talking about those things, but first things first. You, you can't say that this somehow, because if there's any sort of disparity someplace, that we can justify the taking of an innocent life to erase those disparities. That's backwards. We take a look and see, all right, what is right, what is wrong, and now... We encourage women to have children, and if that is hard, then compassionately we say, how do we help? Let's, if there's something that's busted, let's fix it. If, if, there are, if there are things that we can do so that people don't feel the economic pressure of getting pregnant, then we do those things. Not this, Pastor. Quote, as much as I believe with all my heart about the killing the taking of innocent lives. I also believe that I'll never support giving white legislators who have no interest in our community the ability to tell our women that they what they can do with their bodies. Don't know what that has to do with white people, but of course we do know because it's CRT, it's alive and well, and it's coming from the pulpit of this pastor's church. This, there was a, oh, okay, hold on. Hold on a second. There was a quote from the new pastor of Saddleback Church. Andy Wood, I believe, is his name. And he said that I we're we're very traditional. We're very conservative here. We're Bible-based here. And we believe that women should be pastors. Hold the phone, Henrietta. Those don't go together. Jimmy. Yes. I'm super conservative. How conservative are you? I want tax rates to be 80% across the board. That's how conservative I am. Yeah, that doesn't work. But well, no, I just said I'm conservative. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes it better. And how dare you suggest that I'm not conservative when I just said that I'm conservative, <laughs> even though my beliefs and behavior doesn't warrant that moniker. Uh, yeah, here it is. We are committed to stay in fellowship and unified with other SBC churches, even when we disagree. True, but there are some issues, even if they happen to be secondary, that can cause division because somebody is persisting in a sin. That is why we should be concerned. Quote, Saddleback Church has a strong commitment to the authority and inerrancy of the Bible. We believe female pastors is biblical and in alignment with the teachings of the New Testament as well. Oh, okay. As long as you say that you are conservative and you submit to the authority of Scripture, even though you're not, I guess we have to live with that, by the way. The wife of the new pastor, she's called a teaching pastor. He lists his wife as a pastor in his biography on the church's website. Earlier this month, she preached a sermon titled The Courage to Slow Down. One wonders if she even considered using the Bible for that life hack of a sermon. She's called a teaching pastor. 
That would explain why, of course, they are arguing for women to be pastors and they can get away with it because they simply slap an adjective in front of it. So let's just maybe do this in reverse. Jimmy? Yes. Um, I'm a murderer. Oh. Yeah, but it's it's okay because I'm just an assistant murderer. Yeah, okay. That yeah. makes it better. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not really a murderer. I'm just an assistant murderer Okay, because right. I put a little title. Right in front of it. <laughs> Speaking of the SBC, SBC Seminary passes resolution affirming pastoral roles should be limited to men. The trustees at the Southern Baptist Theological Sem in Louisville unanimously approved a resolution encouraging the seminary's administration to continue theologically training both men and women, but with men alone, reserved for the office and function, and thereby title of pastor. Whether there is an adjective affixed to it or not. Back to our church in St. Louis, who is arguing that while he's personally opposed to abortion, but we're going to do it anyway. <sighs> Dr. Bobo, the minister from Kansas City, said he counseled women not to have abortions, but at the end of the day, it's her choice. Another individual from the AME Church said his view that abortion amounted to ending a life was compatible with his belief in a woman's choice because God's the ultimate judge. Okay, once again, let's just replace one sin with another. Yeah. What would you prefer? Rape, incest, adultery, what, what, slavery? Chattel slavery. Hey, look, I'm personally opposed to chattel slavery myself, but ultimately God judges. So hands off from me. Mm, 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 mm. The PCUSA is launching. Here's more CRT is launching a center for repair of historical harms to advance racial justice. PCUSA. It's maybe not as far gone as the ELCA, but it's working on it. It's trying really, really hard to get there as fast as it possibly can. Now, having said all of that about CRT and the problem that it has and the division that it is causing and the division that it's causing. I think is also seen in how we perhaps are sympathizing with others. Here's a story that might help you do that. Rare slave Bible used to legitimize slavery goes on display in Dutch Museum. It's only one of three known surviving copies. The Bible titled, Select parts of the Holy Bible for the use of the Negro slaves in the British West India Islands, published in London in 1807 to be used by Christian missionaries. Ooh, they used the Bible to justify man-selling. A standard King James Version contains 1,189 chapters. The slave Bible has 282 Kind of like a Thomas Jefferson Bible, just hack some stuff out. That includes the removal of the fifth chapter of Exodus in which Moses demands Pharaoh, let his people go. Just cut that out of there. The entire book of Jeremiah 
which references making people work for nothing, not paying them for their labor. That's gone. Exodus 21.16, which reads, And he that stealeth a man and selleth him, or he be found in his hand, he shall surely be put to death. They tore that right out of there. But they did keep Ephesians 6.5, Slaves, obey your masters with respect and fear, and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Oh, man. Oh, to not feel that. Oh, I don't think you're compromising any of your CRT positions by hearing stories like that and going, oh, that was evil. This is Wretched Radio. 200, that's right, 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel, they're getting saved, their parents are getting saved, the church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. I could spend the next few seconds telling you things like Wretched Radio can be heard on over 800 radio stations or that the Wretched Radio podcast has had over 5 million downloads in the last year. Instead, I'll let you share things with more eternal value. I have been transformed by your program. Wretched has changed my life. Through your video, God saved me. There is nothing more valuable than one person dead in their sin becoming alive in Christ. And we are truly humbled and grateful God uses knuckleheads like us, but we can't do it without your help. Would you consider and pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church? You can get all of the details you could ever need or desire on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved. Churches are being built. And yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Master's Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor wretched.org slash pastor attributes of god 
Exodus chapter 20 verse 5 tells us that God is jealous. Jealousy is an intense desire to protect one's own glory, honor and name. Since God is perfect, it is only right for Him to protect His own glory. Take comfort knowing that God will receive glory and His glory is good for you. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey, we can put the best construction on stuff. Kind of. The thrill of victory. And the agony of defeat. Spanning the globe. To bring you the constant variety, mostly of the stuff that you sent to idea at wretched.org that I have not been able to slot neatly into one subject matter. <laughs> and so, we go bopping around the planet, assemble a slew of not related stories, and call it Wide World of Christian News, revealing we can put the best construction on stuff. Sort of. Let's go to the University of Wisconsin. That would be in Madison, a lovely town. Of course, it's lovely. It's dominated by liberals. I'm telling you, the liberals, they know how to live. (laughs) Find the nicest part in town. It's probably going to be filled with liberal folks, especially around the university campuses where the high-paying socialist teachers tend to live. This was a screening of the Matt Walsh documentary, What is a Woman? There's video that was posted by Young America's Foundation. People not happy. One of the protesters can be seen banging on a can next to the Christian man's face, while another blared a siren next to him. Then they took his Bible that he was reading, stole it, ripped it up, and ate the pages. Now, you say, that's just typical and ridiculous. I say, hey, I can put the best construction on it. That's actually biblical. No, really, it is. To to consume God's word. It really is biblical. (laughs) Psalm 119. The psalmist consumes the word like honey. (laughs) See what I did there? Yes, I did. I just put the best construction on stuff. (laughs) Here's my second effort. Let's go to Ireland. Dublin, specifically. I have to confess, I actually, I've tried to remember that Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland, one is a part of England, the other is the, I I just, I always get that confused and I don't feel good about it, my Irish friends. In Ireland, Dublin, the world's first experimental Lego brick cafe for adults is opening. That's right. It provides an inspirational space, giving adults the opportunity to experience and play with Lego bricks. It's unlike any other place to experience Lego creativity, and it's purpose-built for adults. What are these people seeing? The world is hurting, including people in loverly Dublin. And so they're providing a way for them to play a child's game to make them feel better. This was launched during World Mental Health Month. The cafe is designed as a space where adults can experience all the mental health benefits that play can bring. <laughs> That's all the world has to offer. I didn't know any adults 
light Legos. Coloring books? Are you kidding? Do you remember that trend? Well, I do remember that, but I'm just talking about, I thought all adults with children despised Legos. I'm not sure that, well, you walk on them. That's always a treat, isn't Mm -hmm. it? But even as a kid, I had Legos. Yeah, okay. As a kid. Yeah, okay. And see, that is how we can put the best construction on this. Weren't you happier as a child playing Legos? (laughs) So this could work for adults. Look at me, Jimmy. Look at you go. Putting the best construction. At the cafe, guests will be able to choose from a selection of Lego sets and bricks, which they can play with on site. Among the various activities, facilitated workshops that demonstrate the... This is what the liberals love to do. Take something ridiculous, put a bunch of fanciful words around it, and call it educational or psychological or scientific. Here's an example of that. The workshops demonstrate the multitude of creative uses Lego bricks can have, such as stop-motion animation builds, mindfulness builds, and expressive mosaic builds, along with open canvas self-expression. Oh, it's got... Oh, I... You didn't know that when you were playing with the Legos when you were a kid. Let me try again, Jimmy. I think I can redeem this thing if I'm not doing a very good job. Okay, let's go. The president said it's wrong for states to ban body mutilating surgeries for kids. A biological male activist who identifies as a female announced that he was meeting with the president at the White House, where the president of the United States reiterated his beliefs that states that states are wrong to ban gender transition surgeries on minors and other procedures described by LGBT activists as gender-affirming. By the way, Jimmy, I found out what the 2S means. What? 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 Two-spirit. I, I don't know what it means. I'm just saying, when What's it's it? LGBTQ2 plus S. Uh-huh. Yeah. Two-spirit. Two-spirit. What that is. Huh. I don't, this is the president of the United States speaking. I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. Oh, oh, inverted reality alert. Warning, warning. Here it comes saying the exact opposite of what is true. This is the president of the United States saying states shouldn't have the rights to ban child mutilation surgeries. Quote, I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question. (laughs) And as a legal question. Yeah, what about parents' rights? Unbelievable. You talk about inverted reality. I feel very, very strongly that you should have every single solitary right, including use of your gender identity bathrooms, said the leader of the increasingly not-so-free world. Zoinks, Scoob. He also describes state-level efforts to limit trans individuals' access to bathrooms, sport teams, gender surgeries, and hormones as outrageous and immoral, what he said. Mm. You should note, Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, they've banned gender transitioning of minors. The Texas Department of Family and Protective Services and the Attorney General have classified them as a form of child abuse. Jimmy, I didn't tell you this. You know who we met on Saturday? Who? We were at a deli that we tend to frequent. Uh The Secretary of State. Really? 
Brad Raffensperger, he's the Secretary of State, right? He's not the AG. He's the attorney. He's the Secretary of State. Okay. Was just sitting there. And it was, it was kind of funny. He was there with his wife. And I looked at him, and it's like I, I knew who it was, I think, but I wasn't exactly sure. And then it dawned on me, oh, that's the guy that they always show in TV ads in black and white scowling because <laughs> he looked perfectly pleasant. But all of the ads make him look like a demon. Uh. You should be encouraged to know. He now knows where Mrs. Friel stands on free and fair elections. <laughs> <laughs> she was like a shark to chum. <laughs> Boom. Straight. Would you look at, is he the, the AG or is he the Secretary of State? I'll look it up. But totally pleasant fellow. His wife was absolutely delightful. He got an earful before his food. It was an act of mercy that his food was delivered because that was our cue to leave. But otherwise, he was learning everything he needed to know about polling places, voting booths, and the mass dissemination of ballots through the mail. What yeah, is he, Jimmy? He's Secretary of State. Secretary of State. Uh-huh. Cool. President Biden concluded his remarks by stressing, just because it's different, there's nothing to be fearful about. Well, despite the fact that he ended a sentence with a preposition, I am now going to put the best construction on this, I've been Jimmy. waiting for this one. Here I go. Okay. Oh, I got it. Uh -oh. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, we're waiting. Oh, it's going to be good. I got nothing. You can't put a spin on that. This is a 78-year-old man who's the president of the white, of the, na of the most powerful nation in the world, signing documents in the White House that affect lives. And he is advocating that it is immoral to mutilate children. <sighs> I don't know how much worse it can get. I really don't. Christian, you might be wondering, well, what do, what do we do about this? I think there are two things. Number one, evangelize everybody you can. When people are given a new heart with new desires, God progressively 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 1 also around verse 21-ish, that he'll start to fix their thinking. Their, their minds are darkened. They're totally depraved. They're illogical, unreasonable, and lost and condemned. The gospel brings them to life. And then their thinking will be, no pun intended, progressively fixed. What else can you do? I don't think that we should be obnoxious in public places, but I don't think we should be whispering about these issues either. We should just be willing to say them lovingly, plainly, because what we are seeing from the highest office in the land, that's satanic. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.